for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, great. First hour, if you missed it, check out the archives. We were talking to Adriana Reed, CaminoCompany.com. They sell gold and silver nationwide in the uh, United Soviet States of America. Uh, more news. Kit Clarenberg on his Substack, he writes for Gray Zone, wrote an absolutely fascinating must-read piece on Signal, the messenger app, which was created by basically the Pentagon, the the one of the front companies that was created by the CIA Pentagon. Was it called Open Whisper? Open Whisper Systems, and how uh, Signal is facing collapse after CIA cuts funding. Uh, you know, he, he he mentions how basically Signal gifted the CIA well over a billion potential insurrectionists by providing them with the means to organize their activities away from the prying eyes of local authorities. So basically, I believe they created, you know, Tor was created by the American government, uh, Signal, you know, Facebook, pretty much Google, uh, and then but you know these specific tools like Tor and, and Signal, uh, I believe one of their main purposes was to for foreign countries that were. Um, targeted for regime change for the populations to use signal uh and and tor um for basically overthrowing helping to overthrow those countries but he does make a final point that uh and, and this is what I've always been away I never used tor uh I don't like signal um and and that basically he makes the point that you know even on tor a lot of the exit nodes are run by FBI US government that um, he ends by saying, recall how two thirds of all mobile users globally have technology, he's meaning signal, incubated by the Open Technology Fund, the US government fund on their device. So again, what if signal is somehow giving US government backdoor access somehow to your messages or phone? Yeah, so I, I don't wanna really touch any of that stuff, but hey, you know, they created the internet. What, what can I say? What, what can I tell you? We're using their fiat dollars. We're using their internet. We're using their, their GPS. Um, yeah, but anyways, that's interesting. What else is interesting? A U.S. Navy warship had to gun down more threats as American forces get pulled deeper into fights being fueled by Israel's war with Hamas. Um, so basically, they're saying that U.S. forces in the Mideast are increasingly finding, finding themselves in fights with Iran-backed militant groups with engagements taking place at sea on land and in the air. So again, this one wrong move, one wrong battle at sea on land or in the air could kick things off uh, to World War III. So we're getting close to the edge. Financial Times reports it finally happened. Italy has formally informed Beijing of its decision to end its participation in Xi Jinping's flagship Belt and Road Initiative. So plus one Washington there. Meanwhile, Bank of China eyes de-dollarization move in Africa, pushing the Yuan in the top copper producer, Zambia. The Bank of China's office in Zambia is pushing the yuan to be used in more trades with the African nation and its neighbors. While China has been a champion of the de-dollarization trend of countries attempting to reduce their dependence on the greenback, Beijing also has a key supply chain interest in 
Africa. Uh, meanwhile, we got Venezuela preparing to annex its neighbor, Guyana. And today, Guyana's president told AP that his country is taking every necessary step to protect itself from Venezuela, which has ordered its state-owned companies to explore and exploit oil and minerals um, in the vast Essequibo region, which Guyana considers it owns. I'm not finding it in the article here, but I saw somewhere today uh, U.S. Southern Command that uh, Guyana um, was giving Southcom a green light to enter the Essequibo region. Just what we need at this juncture. You've got, you know, U.S. backing, you know, Ukraine, Middle East. Are we going to send Southcom now to Venezuela? Um, start a war with Venezuela. And then, you know, next year, maybe with Mexico. Absolutely crazy. Um, cyber polygon, cyber attacks will likely hit Canada's next federal election. And it'll be harder to identify who's doing it, reports the star.com. So cyber polygon, get ready for it. Uh, and it's funny, here, here's this, uh, on that same theme, Metro reports. Brits should stock up on candles and battery-powered car uh, radios in case war, disaster, or another pandemic destroys our gadgets, says the Deputy Prime Minister. He forgot to add in case Cobra Commander Klaus Schwab pulls the plug on the internet and our uh, grid. So that's interesting. Um, more reports on carbon passports and limiting our travel. Um, one of the liberal idiot academics says it's a good idea, but that's it's good in theory, but it would be tough to get enough people on board and for it to work internationally would require collaboration from a lot of different stake stakeholders. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good idea in theory, uh, this insane totalitarianism. Great, great fantastic idea. Where, where do they get these people from? Um, and Jamie, Jamie Dimon says, we must have algorithm ghetto at all costs. He says, quote, I've always been deeply opposed to crypto, Bitcoin, etc. And he pointed out the only true use case for it is criminals. If I were the government, I'd close it down. Um, you know, and on top of that, U.S. Treasury is campaigning for amplified powers to chase crypto overseas, even in foreign countries, which is nuts. So again, you're noticing a trend here, um, and an absolutely insane clip from Algorand Foundation talking about how in, uh, I think in India, um, they want to roll out blockchain for farmers and basically get them indebted with carbon credits. Absolute insanity, neo-feudalism right there. Here's some uh, carbon credits, get on the blockchain. Um, insane video, Algo Foundation uh, on X, you can check that out why not give tnt radio a follow we're on all the major social platforms including some alt tech platforms facebook twitter instagram gab getter youtube odyssey rumble help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on tnt radio going 360 on the headlines it's really well balanced conversation today's news talk radio tnt According to a newly published study, teenagers in developed nations, including the United States, have seen a decline in their reading and math test scores, which experts attribute in part to learning loss during the COVID-19 
so-called pandemic. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. I'm going to go ahead and nominate this as this week's. Uh, we will file this as we cannot say that we didn't see this coming, right? So uh, this uh, this data that we're going to look at, this was published uh, just yesterday, December 5th. Um, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, excuse me, the OECD, uh, Program for International Student Assessment, PISA, P-I-S-A. This examines what students know in mathematics, reading, and science, not the science, actual science, and what they can do with the knowledge they have via annual tests. PISA typically conducts the testing every three years, but the planned 2021 test was postponed because of the pandemic. In 2022, as nations were still dealing with the ongoing effects of the pandemic, nearly 700,000 students from 81 OECD member and partner economies, representing 29 million across the world, took the PISA test, which was administered among 15-year-olds. Results from the latest assessment found, on average, a, quote, unprecedented drop in performance across the OECD, end quote, members and partner economies, which include Australia, Canada, the United States, the UK, and Germany, among others. When compared to 2018, mean performance across participating nations fell by 10 points in reading and by nearly 15 points in mathematics, which is equivalent to three quarters of a year's worth of learning, according to the findings. The decline in mathematics scores is three times greater than any previous consecutive change, according to the assessment. When it comes to science, however, scores changed little since 2018. Interesting. Still, the latest results have sparked concern among the OECD, which noted that one in four of the students tested are now considered to be low performers in mathematics, reading, and science on average across OECD countries. In the latest, uh, oh, sorry, here's what the OECD said of the latest assessment results. Quote, this means they can struggle to do tasks such as use basic algorithms or interpret simple texts. This trend is more pronounced in 18 countries and economies where more than 60% of 15-year-olds are falling behind, end quote. So uh, where did we rank? Uh, according to the latest data, uh, the United States, which has historically lagged behind other OECD countries, ranked 28th out of 37, scoring on average of uh, 465 points on the test, seven points lower than the average OECD score, which is 472. Uh, the average math score among American teens fell by 13 points between 2019 and 2022, compared with a decline of 15 points for the average. Uh, and reading and science stayed mostly even, a trend that was mainly seen among OECD countries overall. So, but yeah, the 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 proof is in the pudding now, as it were. The proof is in the pizza, Arbori. For all of us crazy conspiracy theorists that warned pandemic lockdowns, the way you're re responding to this, or what about the kids, as our friend Lynn Shaw might say, here it is. It did lots of damage, and we knew it would. What do you think? The proof is in 
the pizza. I'm definitely not a fan of the OECD. I think it should be dismantled. Another um, very evil and sinister globalist agency uh, of the crazy. One of the crazy things that they want to do is establish a global tax. So you can't escape anywhere. But, you know, I think as it, it, it does mention the article, uh, that the downward trend in reading math and science scores was evident before 2018, suggesting that only parts of the decline in achievement can be attributed to COVID-1984. Um, so I think it's the perfect storm. Um, the curriculum in general has been junk. It's been downhill, uh, being wokeified, certain tests uh, just being done away with. Uh, and, you know, I, as I've mentioned, I think before, you know, I, I went to grade school and high school in both the United States and Croatia. I went to, I think in fifth grade, I was in, in, in Croatia and split. And then when I came back, my, uh, you know, off the cuff feeling is that fifth, the, the math, for example, that was taught in fifth grade Europe, Croatia, in America, you get taught that same level of math, like in maybe you know later grades like sixth seventh or eighth grade us is like fifth grade europe um but also the screens you know i think i you know we're all having trouble with that as well adults uh you know internet phones social media screens it just takes our attention it's 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 hypnotizing and for you know us adults maybe we have a stronger willpower and we can just stay away from the screens and then go read physical books or something but the kids it's like forget about it they're on the screens and so i think this technology and i've i've talked to gary robson who, who who writes about this in his excellent book on my podcast that what they're trying to create is this closed cybernetic sort of loop system um where they got you with the screens and then they're programming you through the screens that that is their end goal so we're like the kids are battling with this diabolical technocratic system the parents are basically the key mover and shaker here your further thoughts on um idiocracy becoming real so you don't think this is a fair assessment of true academic performance across america um i i would suggest it's probably not either i mean it doesn't really get into too much detail i mean i presume maybe i'm just assuming but um is this public school kids across the board here, no matter where we're talking? I mean, we're not talking about like, say, in the, the case of let's just use the United States for an example. There are a lot of people who homeschool their children and did so before the pandemic, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of factors I, I'm, I'm probably missing in this this assessment study. Um, I don't know if you might have something to recommend a way to actually you know, get a pulse, uh, take a take the pulse of, of America's uh, performance, academically speaking, with teenagers. But I imagine if you just notice what's happening around you, it's not looking very good, right? I just see things going downhill. Um, but, you know, COVID also just made things go much worse. I mean, I remember teaching during COVID. I was teaching from exactly where I'm sitting, you know, evenings out to Kazakhstan mornings and the the zoom lessons no one was learning anything uh you know th th that year or two of COVID. the kids i mean you couldn't even get them to respond 
they weren't responding to questions and you know, I talked to people across the board Mexico US Kazakhstan it was the same thing um they weren't paying attention they're playing on their phones while you're giving the zoom lesson and and it just yeah COVID uh, knocked us down a big notch as as well um yeah a lot of interesting stuff all right thank you Ruckus we'll catch up with you tomorrow Lynn Taylor is back commoncordiva.com um she's also an education expert hey maybe I can ask her phone lines are open as well we'll be right back Rick Munn on TNT radio there was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople the World Economic Forum spokesperson and one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said you know um there is been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative and she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation she said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around so that's not really taking off the way they want to either and then she said something very interesting she said you know what when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time you'll know all about it so maybe you know we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative could this be what it is locked in Loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Returning to the broadcast is Lynn Taylor, Common Core Diva, uh, com. Her website has a lot of research on the UN, glo- globalism, you know, the cultural Marxism, all of that stuff. How are you doing, Lynn? I'm doing fine. How are you this evening? doing pretty good and I got a question for you I was just talking with Adam before you joined us on this news story I mean you you're being a uh, as well an expert in education there's a story on teenage math and reading skills show unprecedented drop uh pandemic learning loss a global phenomenon what's your thought I mean I guess it's two two parts here in general I think we're seeing this decline among youth in terms of education and then on top of that the COVID lockdowns seem to have even pushed that along further just any thought on that well thank you so much for asking and here would be my response if you looked at last night's show or listened in to last night's show we did talk about this that that COVID was being used as the excuse blanketly by the United Nations to over reach into not only education but every other aspect of our lives and you know here's the thing when common core first rolled into the scene not just for america but all across the world because we know it's based on a unesco agreement with bill gates to globalize uh curriculum so that it's a one-size-fits-all we know that 
uh, even back then, we were going to see a day where test scores started showing the degradation of academics. And here we are. And what is everyone blaming it on? Not the fact that it's the lousy curriculum, not the fact that it's the uh, overreaching of the United Nations into our, our schools, but oh no, it's all COVID's fault. And just today, the U.S. House was bragging over the fact that they have passed this deterrent act that is supposed to bar all outside entities, meaning foreign countries, from influencing American education. You have got to be joking me. Where were these people 20 years ago or 50 years ago or 100 years ago when this stuff started happening? Because that's how far back it goes. It's not just a new problem. It's not just a COVID problem. This has been a progressive Marxist agenda for over 100 years. I, that was a fantastic explanation. I mean, I even learned uh, something there. I never put two and two together you're right it seems that it was inevitable this decline and then wow. again they're blaming covid conveniently for for what oh, because you know, it's what, such what was... the bad guy yeah yeah and 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 that and oh i i didn't hear about this you said today that that, that they want to limit foreign influence in american education but even still um so many schools across the land are already deep using you know UN globalist uh curriculum when, so it's like when you have the state department in bed with the united nations and using the us aid program to come in and infiltrate education when you've got the united arab empire when you have the chinese when you have uh the brazilians when you have every other nation coming in and going oh yes we need a seat at this table because after all we want to take america and divorce itself from its former greatness and make it like every other nation that's what this is this is precisely what it is and so the argument that oh yes we're somehow going to save education and we're going to somehow throw money at it to fix all the damage that COVID did, BS and horse hockey, you will not. And, and let me just bring out one more story to get your comment on it from today. It's <laughs> it's along the similar lines. This is from Telegraph, and this is out in Belgium. I mean, this is absolutely. I, I mean, I, we, I'm sure we're seeing similar things in the U.S. or we will right. soon. So you've got you know Christmas, Santa Claus, the the traditional the the Belgian tradition. And mm -hmm. then they attempted to send this Queen Nicola, uh, so a female, okay. um, or it was a female uh, African with a Palestinian flag wrapped around her in 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 lieu of Santa Claus. Father. So they, they okay. want uh, this this uh, female African with a Palestinian flag was supposed to liberate the Belgians and their Santa Claus from colonial uh, ideology and enough people raised the ruckus pressuring the mayor uh to cancel the event but it's just insane it's like can we imagine i i mean i wouldn't want to go to a foreign country and get rid of their traditions and put ours it's not their um, place 
It is not their place. If you want to be a Palestinian in Belgium and you don't want to go along with the Belgian tradition, don't. It's that simple. But why are you forcing your agenda on other people to the point that you're putting political pressure? It's part of that social justice movement, Hovore, that attaches itself to the United Nations in the name of the Sustainable Development Goals and was ushered in under the social and emotional learning or mind warping that came with Common Core, which we can trace back to the United Nations. Yeah, you know, my, my principle has always been, um, and I never like going for vacation for like a week or two. I'm like, let's go to Mongolia for a year. Let's go to Mexico for a couple of years. And I, I want to absorb the mm -hmm. local culture. I've never been, and you know, I I try to stay away from Americans in general in Mexico. The most of them, which are obnoxious, which want to still force Mexico to become Americanized. I'm like, no, become no. one <laughs> with the foreign uh, country. But um, real quick, uh, l l let's get sure. back to yesterday. We we're talking about the UN. Was it Dragons Den? and reimagining to, to reimagine the un mm -hmm. i would my my reimagining of the un is to make it disappear so where do we leave i, I tell you my reimagining is i will take a stick of dynamite and put it strategically in a place where it will all go kaboom <laughs> you better be careful because now they're criminalizing jokes and thoughts so well you uh, know what I, I i'm glad that you said that yes i was joking i am absolutely first of all i don't have the money to get to the un second of all i wouldn't even know where to find some of these things so you know it was just it was a bad joke but anyway Yes, we were talking about reimagining a UN 2.0 to be bigger, badder, and more awful than ever before. And the thing of it is, is that education, once again, is being used as the kingpin for this supposed change agent agenda. Why education? Because it's the best way to influence mass number of people at the same time. Plain and simple. That's why education has always been such a kingpin of interest to the United Nations to the point that they have not just UNESCO, but this International Education Commission that I brought up last night that was formed in 2019, which, oh, yeah, if you look at the COVID timeline, fits right in there. And so and, and where we left of, off last night. Speaking ahead. of timeline, Lynn, it's time for our headlines. We'll be right back. News. News. There is a difference. What's on the schedule for today? A little less yappity yap and a little more news. Yay. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Israel Defense Forces said Wednesday evening it had broken through Hamas's lines in both northern and southern Gaza, and that it had surrounded Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar, whom it said was hiding in an underground tunnel. An Ontario teacher who was silenced at a school board meeting while questioning the content of school library books says she's disappointed and surprised that her request for a judicial review of the board's action has been rejected. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. We're talking to Lynn Taylor, CommonCoreDiva.com. By the way, folks in the chat say, this all gives me a headache. 
someone else says, I go to sleep with listening to the truth and I wake up with it. We need to know where the evil is coming from. That's sort of how I feel. And and by the way, you mentioned um, dynamite. Uh, I don't know if you caught the story earlier this week in Virginia, I think it was this far left radical extremist um, blew up his house, James Yu, I think, right, as the authorities were going to serve a warrant. And just when you your comment on dynamite, I actually had the thought like, oh, I, I don't I wouldn't even know where to begin to do something like I that. Have absolute, you know, it's just, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. And I don't. How okay, much dynamite I don't, do I need? Where do I place? <laughs> I, but I, right. I, I just I thought about that. Like if I wanted to do it, I'm like, <laughs> you, know. I, you know, but that's the thing is. You have to be in such an evil place to think about all this, to carry it out. And all we're trying to do is point folks to the documentation so they can go and look. I mean, I've been giving interviews for years and I will tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to think because I would be no better than any of these other yahoos who are out there saying, okay, here's what you need to think. No, I tell you the interpretation based on their words because their words are what you can use against them. Their documentation is what you can use against them. But I also show you where to find it, which brings me any of the information that I've given on this interview or any of our previous ones. If you go back and you listen and you go, well, where the heck did you find that? All you have to do is email me at info at commoncordiva.com. Let me know what document you're looking for, what paper you're looking for, what question you have. That would be absolutely wonderful so that if in our conversation we have to take a break and we don't get back to something, folks can know, okay, this is how I can find out more about what we're talking about. I mean, and that's another good point that at this stage in the game, because this is all coming out into the open, the totalitarian world government, at some point right. it's got to become open. And in their their own words, like we're, like you say, it's in their own documents, which we're just looking at um right. they're literally saying you're gonna eat bugs you're not gonna travel we got the carbon passports uh you know king charles iii at cop 28 over the weekend literally said quote how can those which have a perverse impact be eliminated with all due speed um i think he was talking about they're literally you know there, there's some context to that but my reading of it is between the lines he's saying he wants to get oh. rid of us well you uh, know and that's part right. of yeah. right that's part of the reason why during our interviews, you see me look at so many different notes is because if you saw the number of files that I have or the number of notebooks that I have, because in giving these interviews, I always give lots more information than we have time to go through. But I know someone somewhere is going to benefit from it. But I also know that if I don't have my notes, I may inadvertently give the wrong information, which would be a disservice not only to you, but to the audience. And then I would feel absolutely horrible because I'm not going to put myself in the position of being one of those media people who are just going to sit there and give you the shiny, happy, glossy talking points that the UN says, oh, yes, here's what you need to bring out. No, I'm going to bring you the underbelly because that's where I love to hang out. So anyway, with that said... We were going to talk tonight about the investment in education, how that ties to the sustainable development goals, as well as to this digital ID. So let me start off with the digital ID, because 
uh, last night in our conversation, that was one of the things about transforming education was that by 2030, according to Sustainable Development Goal 16.9, uh, we all will have, excuse me, the Sustainable Development Goals will provide legal identification for everyone, including free birth registrations. And if you really want to see this play out because Sweden has been able to attach not only a uh, ID, but a digital passport to money as well as ID. But there's also a study. It's called the Guide to Sustainable Development Goals. This is from Sweden. Excuse me. This is from the Danish. I just found it uh, before we came on, but it is their human rights campaign out of the Danish nation on the sustainable development goals and it expressly talks about all the documentation they had to go through to attach a digital passport to every person it's going to be very interesting for someone if they want to find out how to fight it so i just want to bring that up but uh woven into the digital id will be the investment pathways to deliver the sustainable development goals. This was actually published in September of this year. And it tells you, here are the six goals, Hilary. Social protections and decent jobs have to be tied to not only education investments, but digital IDs to help deliver the sustainable development goals. Now, how did I get that? Because there is a covenant that was created out of a Bridgetown meeting where the overall theme was prosperity for all because part of the sales pitch with the United Nations in all this digitalization of money and education and IDs and passports and whatnot is that somehow we're all going to be so prosperous together. Did you know that? If that's so, then why is sustainable development goal number one, zero poverty? to pass off the illusion that everyone is going to be fat, dumb, and happy, and stinking rich. No, we're absolutely not. Yeah, I'm just, you know, in one of the links you sent me, there's also this document, People's Money, Harnessing Digitalization yes. to Finance a Sustainable Future, August 2020. Uh, and it wow. says in the opening um, right here, digitalization mm -hmm. can propel us towards achieving the sustainable democide goals and this is the control system because they're putting everything into this mm -hmm. umbrella knowledge um your identification mm -hmm. your money your assets and property it's going to go into this system they can they control everything and they keep using that term inclusive um right. and again it's the invert it's the opposite we talked a bit about that before where everyone yes. needs to be included so that we can, when they need to exclude you, they yes. can't. So Divide and conquer. It is. And you're right. This people's money document is, is absolutely uh, mind-blowing because it tells you the World Economic Forum as well as the World Bank are just willing partners in every bit of this. And it's telling you that if we digitalize not only our money, but our identity, we're going to help reshape and speed up the sustainable development goals. Now, how that happens, I'm not really sure, other than it's going to promote uh, 
not just local economy, but uh, a global economy and the sustainable development goal spending. It goes on to tell you on page 17 of this people's money document, this is where uh, Sweden came in, was that their digital IDs were their passports to go around their own country and that the money was added on as well. Oh, my goodness. It's just absolutely uh, awful. But on this investment pathway, which ties into that people's money document that you're talking about, social protections, that's part of the digital ID. Oh, we need to know who you are because not enough people in America, uh, not in America, but across the globe can't really prove who they are. Well, why would I need to prove who I am? Why would I need to do that? If I have lived my life and let's face it, I am well over the age of consent. I haven't had to really prove who I am and I could not tell you uh, how long, but why? Why would I need to do that? Because in the this system, me knowing my name, me knowing where I live, how many children I have, who I'm married to, all that sort of stuff, doesn't matter. If the government doesn't know every stinking thing about me, it doesn't matter what I do or how I exist. So that's part of that social protection. It's not going to protect us I, from I, anything. I, I, would just, I would just add, if you think about this, them needing to know mm -hmm. where every single citizen is uh, right. or, or, or for any activity, um, what they are doing, really the only place that this makes sense for is a concentration camp or a prison mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this is what ibm and the nazis did oh they the absolutely 1940s. did or yep. or prisons you know here's a story i i mentioned it briefly the other day uh, a state in pakistan installs inmate biometrics digital oh. id system at 14 prisons for um, identification and monitoring of, of inmates. So basically when the UN is talking about um, digitizing and, and identifying everything, that's for a global concentration camp, basically. Sure, it absolutely is. And I'm so glad you brought up the fact about IBM and the Nazis because they were key not only in the concentration camps and who was in those concentration camps, but look at how they influenced the apartheid. In, in South Africa, they were in on that. They've gotten in on the Common Core machine because of the Business Roundtable and its global influence as well. But it's not just IBM. It, it's a lot of others. But let's move on because there are six transition ways to do this. And this is using our money against us. All right. So we did the social protections and the decent jobs that will attach to sustainable development goals. Number one, two, three, four, five and eight. Number two, transformed education will rope in sustainable development goal number four, five, and nine. Number three, as far as the six ways, a digital transformation that will attach itself to sustainable development goal number nine. Uh, our fourth prong to all this is energy access and affordability, which will attach to sustainable development goals number seven and 13. Our fifth way, uh-oh, here we go, food systems, Havore. This attaches to number uh, sustainable development goal number two and 14. And lastly, the sixth prong in investments, climate change, biodiversity loss, and pollution. 
which will attach to Sustainable Development Goals number 13, 14, 15, 11, and 6. Now, education ropes itself into every single one of these. Sustainable Development Goal number 16 is about peace and justice and strong organizations. And that's where the digitalization is coming in. And then we have 17, which is the partnerships to carry out the Sustainable Development Goals. So any of these six by itself is dastardly, but put all together, and you're right, a global concentration camp. Well, I mean, what you just said also reminded me of the story I mentioned today. Um, you know, it was on CNN a week ago. Um, yesterday, it was on Business Insider. Could carbon passports that uh, that limit how much we travel be in our future? So they could not roll out these carbon passports without everything that you just um explain they have to have your digital id it's got to be linked to your climate mm -hmm. your your they need to be able to monitor your energy use and then they can set the limits on um you know how, how and where you're going to travel it's absolute mm -hmm. nightmare dystopian scenario and uh yes people in the chat um oh, we, yes. I, I did i, I did i did I, I did give you a uh shout out by the way so yeah i oh, encourage well, people in the chat uh, it was Eileen and and uh, River. So uh, again, our chat is there if people want to make uh, interesting comments uh, or leave questions for us. Oh, absolutely, to, to, to touch yes, on. absolutely. Yeah, do so. Well, it's, it's, time for our, mm -hmm. okay. it's time for a break, uh, Lynn. Uh, the website again is commoncordiva.com. We will be right back. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi or whatever for COP28 in Joe's place with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that those 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, but with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
It's our final segment with Lynn Taylor, CommonCoreDiva.com. Uh, and I just, I, I wanted to mention, I was looking at this page 33 in that report uh, from yes. 2020. Uh, just, I'm going to take a snapshot of this and share it on the socials. I mean, it's crazy where it talks about digitalization uh, and SDGs. It's got economic, environmental, social, and it talks about things like under the social column, it says mm -hmm. bias detection algorithms. So in this new UN world, they want to have bias detection algorithms. So they will detect people like Lynn and myself. Uh, and then I guess we will be dealt with. We'll get, um, yeah, we'll get zapped. Somehow. We'll get zapped. <laughs> and it says uh, gamified green consumption. So they're going to um, try to push us towards that. And then a few other crazy yeah, things. Yeah, on, on page 21, there's a graphic too there, Havore, where it's got greater citizen engagement because, you know, you're going to you're gonna be forced along to come along with this agenda, whether you like it or not. And, you know, it was interesting during the break where uh, the um, Addis Ababi was brought up that uh, the vice president was going to, because that very much plays into education. And back in 2017, I did an article where I talked about the Addis Ababi action agenda. I hope I'm not slaughtering that name. But anyway, it was a set of 134 items created in Ethiopia in Ethiopia back in 2015 to finance all needed programs and goals of the sustainable development goals. All right. There were only 133, but it's been reported there were 134. The last item in there that they were counting was a plan that was a possibility so that's why there was only 133. But the point of it is, it will tell you in this particular article that I did, and it's called Not In My Backyard, and that's K-N-O-T, In My Backyard, on my blog. And it will tell you, you'll find the legal frameworks for how all the finance is supposed to work out, all the legislative moves, the data mining that's going on. So that would uh, go in with what you're talking about, this uh, tracking of us that was in this 2020 particular article as well. And it was also mentioned in this Prosperity for All document that I was reading from from earlier this year. So yeah, it's it's all this big web that is being woven together. And so yeah, these past documents, you're going, well, why in the world? Okay, we're in 2023. So why are you talking about documents from 2015 and 2017 and 2020 and all? Because it matters. If you haven't woken up to what is going on, it matters while you still have time to look at some of these past documents so that you can catch up real quick and go, oh, stuff, this is where we are. This is how we need to fight it. Or here's an avenue that we can go that maybe they haven't thought about because we still have avenues like that, those little loopholes. We still have those and we can use them, but we have to know where they are. No, I mean, that's a good point. I'm still, I'm reading books right now from 50 years ago, some from 100 years yeah. ago, because you will see the things that they talked about there, half of them have already happened and then mm -hmm. the others are already in process. And so, um, yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, other other thoughts on the uh, well, reimagining of the UN. I thought I'd also mention just one more thing on that sure. um, uh, outline chart that they had was fractional asset ownership. And so it's like, really, they don't want you to own something outright or just own a percentage a of it. Just 
um just just a whole list of insane things that nobody wants oh uh, but that goodness. they are saying like this is what we're gonna do this is what everyone should be on board with and right none of the well, smart metering well, right just uh, insane anyways yeah it is but as far as reimagining the united united nations it's a very bad idea it's not going to bring anything good to us and we certainly don't need to just lay down and take it we really don't uh, because it will tell you in this uh, people's money document that the money that is not aligned with sustainable development goal activity is due to a lack of data trails and international data standards. So what does that tell us? That tells us that they are working on with all the international data standard groups that are out there, the IEEE, uh, excuse me, the IEEE is in charge of a lot of data standards for education as well as for trading, business, commodities, whole nine yards. You've got all kinds of other entities that are out there. And people don't think, oh, well, international data standards. Well, think about the international communication laws that have been worked together since, uh, what was it, World War II or just after World War II, I believe it was. It was brought in that there had to be international data sharing now, back then, it wasn't near what it is now, but these were the frameworks that were given so that as the United Nations grew in its former ugly self, that it could continue to uh, take over everything. Now, think of it in this age that we are with uh, artificial intelligence. The, the limit will be no limit to what they can do to destroy us. And... Um just again looking at the document here it says they want to inter integrating sdg goals basically into everything in at, at all levels in our countries and oh yeah societies yeah. you'll and have they, to they eat met... them breathe them and sleep them <laughs> yeah you'll and then it also be, talks uh... about uh-huh <laughs> you'll, have, uh, to you'll have to be a un disciple before it's all over with forget following jesus or, or whomever it is that you want to follow religiously no it'll be I'm from the UN and I'm the disciple and you shall do what I tell you to do. That's not a joke, actually. You know, Michael O'Fallon, who I'm a huge fan of, Sovereign Nations, he just posted something from 2017, 18, again, document, like you say, where yeah. it was ch churches that were getting on board with SDGs, like oh, basically yeah, like have. a church bringing SDGs into um, uh, the church. And, you know, here they talk about often um east africa we've got ECOAS, which is basically being it they're they're taking a whole you know smashing um mm -hmm. a bunch of countries in in um africa i forget how many countries are compiled into this ECOAS sort of eu-like structure and uh, I, I the other day i didn't mention this you know biometric update discussed how they they would just love to bring in one digital id for ECOAS, just like off the bat you know for 10 a dozen countries that are in ECOAS in africa just one digital ID. Let's you know bring it all together uh, quickly, and so yeah, crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. But I like being me. I don't want to be an assimilated blob in somebody's quasi nation. I like being me. I know you like being you. I'm sure if we ask everyone in the chat who's listening or wherever, do you like who you are? By and large. Yes, you like being who you are. You know that you have a life. 
that is your own or you hope is your own, but that's about to change when this reimagined you in comes in. And if you'll remember, our conversation started last night over this is what they're willing to do to their own employees to get it right before they do it to the rest of us. I, I cannot avoid reciting this quote from Patrick McGuhan, number six in The Prisoner. He says, I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Uh, and that's why I, I just love, I can't get enough of that class, cult classic British TV show. We need that on a t-shirt, dude. <laughs> the, the, the prisoner. I mean, he saw this. Um, uh, yeah, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, you know, any other sure. thoughts, Lynn? You know, I, I'm just going to say, because I don't know that I'll be back on before Christmas or, or New Year's. So if I'm not, I'll just hope that everyone will take not only this information, but any of our past interviews together and look at the theme of the conversation. Look at all the ways we have pointed out and what you can do to fight back. Um you know, I can't stress that enough. The power that you have as a private citizen is absolutely paramount to preserving your personal freedom, your family's freedom, and even helping preserve that of the area that you live. And one thing, something that's come over me lately, you know, for a while, many years ago, maybe I wasn't in the, in the headspace where I am right now, especially after COVID, what they did to us, where the mask came off and it was wow. World Homicide Organization, sustainable de democide goals, like literally wow. in your face. Mm -hmm. um, I was kind of more neutral with the UN, but now it's just like, I think speaking to what you say, whenever you get the chance, if you run into, you know, in your country, UNSF volunteers collecting donations or something like that, use that as an opportunity to school these, you mm -hmm. know, young people mm -hmm. volunteers or even people outright working for the un um just express your utter disdain for them the un i don't know maybe you know people listening have different views my view is then there's nothing good from the un they ultimately want oh. to enslave us and we need to well, start making this known well maybe that's what we need to do in the coming years come up with a show with bullet points for talking to people in those organizations so that when you do run up against them you can say hey did you know a b c d and e i i think if some of these people you know they might have an encounter with uh Moric, and then the second encounter with someone else and then i think what might change their minds once they have you know, a dozen or two dozen people that they've come across that said the UN should be uh -huh. the, um, dismantled, then they might start thinking, well, who's crazy here, me? Or like, there's dozens of people now, you know, saying. <laughs> yeah, what Kool-Aid did they drink? <laughs> you know, they might think that maybe they're drinking. Yeah, that I, yeah. I, I'm drinking <laughs> Kool-Aid, right? I should rethink the UN. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, it's been great, Lynn. Uh, got. 50 seconds left um okay i will talk Questions. to you when we talk to you but yep. um we're again tell us where people... okay yeah. if you have questions info at commoncoredeva.com look up the blog if you feel that you want to find issues less any of the work i do hit the donate button and thank you so much and i hope everyone has a wonderful christmas and a wonderful new year if i don't get to see you before then you said the c word 
Christmas. You just lost some <gasps> social credit points there. Oh, well, too bad, so sad. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lynn. Um, Thanks so I'm, much. Thank you. I'm signing off. Steve Malzberg is up next. Uh, everyone, keep your spirits up. Keep on rocking in the not-so-free world. Be seeing you. <laughs>